Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And sisters are doing it for themselves this week. Let's roll. It's a 16. Hell yeah. I'll take that to the bank. To go. Thank you so much. <laughs> So welcome back to the show, everybody. You may have noticed things are a little bit different right off the bat here. Everybody we know is in Chicago for C2E2 right now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, while the Anne's away, the mice get perms. And so it's just me and my sister this week. Wait, we're getting perms? That's a line from Parks and Rec. I was hoping everybody just knew all of Leslie Nope's lines off the top of their head like I do. (laughs) I am shamed and I'll be back. That's what the show is about. Okay, we just got back from rewatching all of Parks and Rec. Thank you for that reprieve. And now we're ready to do this show. I feel like a powerful muskox. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're all beautiful land mermaids. Let's do this. We're just missing Anne, our beautiful rule-breaking moth. <laughs> nope, that's exactly it. It's perfect. Uh, so while the two of us are here, we will pick up right where these boys left off. Back to the scary, scary hotelscape with Ned oh, and okay. his beast. Okay. Yeah. This is, Ned has found himself in my, it's literally both my favorite and least favorite kind of horror (laughs) situation. Yeah. Because I, Brittany the human, would Mm -hmm. never be able to handle being in this kind of a thing. Like, I, Mm. I panic too bad. It's, I can't even fathom how I would react. But like in a video game, it's Mm. the best because it's so scary Mm-hmm. But there's no actual stakes, but you can right. still be scared about it. So yeah. yeah, I was I was in heaven this whole time. Yeah, it really is like, because I don't love playing a scary game, but I love watching a scary game. And in the mm-hmm. same instance, you're totally right. It's very similar. It's listening to somebody else play a scary game is literally what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I guess none of us can really know until we're in the position where we are being confronted with this abomination. God, I hope we're and- never in this... Oh. <laughs> Oh, you just for sure. I hope we're never in that kind of a position. But it is that like, what what do you even do? And Ned chooses to run, which is wild to me. And it's so classic. Because where do you go? You go up the stairs, like up the every stairs. good horror movie. You go up the stairs, uh, and I just okay. So mm-hmm. I would spend in my college years. Yeah. When I was alone in my apartment building, like literally the entire building. Would you just, yeah, (laughs) you just scare the hell out of yourself? Yes. Oh, completely. And I was playing a scary game. Oh my gosh. It was the one with the clock. Yes. Thank you. Um, I got you. And I would be looking outside and like, oh my gosh, I should park the car in the middle of the parking lot so he doesn't know (laughs) which building I'm in Mm -hmm. because I... Car was literally the only one in the lot. Like, I am not kidding. Alone in the building. And then being like, okay, if he comes in, then mm. I, he'll he'll go to the first door first. And I'll have to listen. And then as he's in there, I have to run. And just yeah. like, run out. I'm like, these were actual human thoughts I had. You have to Just because there was nothing prepared. else to think about. Oh, yeah. Well, uh- <laughs> always have an escape plan. It's, it's that, like... 
they talk about this on uh, true crime shows and stuff like that, but you just, it's that constant awareness, even though it is in this fantastical scenario, in the case of the Clock Tower game, and in the case of being chased by Bizarro Bigfoot here. But, you know, <laughs> I think that there's really something to be gained, though, from just putting yourself in that situation every now and again, of like, what would mm-hmm. I do to get myself out of a bad situation? Right. Just keep yourself sharp. Yeah. And Ned, he went classic horror route. And like you said, he ran up the stairs. Now he's trapped on the second floor in this place that we still don't know where it is, mm-hmm. when it is. Mm-hmm. We ha- There's a lot of questions here. So him, even him running upstairs and he ultimately goes to the, the brightest room and we can see some of them have the, the floors have fallen away to the, the first floor. Also classic video game horror situation. Totally classic. Very much on... A haunting on the house of the hill that game where you could like fall into the basement <laughs> oh, no. that game rules <laughs> let's all get together and play it so he goes into the room and then hides under the bed is there anything scarier i don't than, think like, so than hearing mm-hmm. him coming into the room it was straight up haunting of hill house vibes uh-huh. which is different than the last thing i just said they all have very similar names <laughs> Haunting of the Hills. I was just going to say, there's something about haunting and hills and houses mm-hmm. that they just really like all three of those things to be together. <laughs> if you put those things together, you're going to have at least a little bit of a bad time. A little bit. What I wanted to bring up in this part, because yeah. we all know me, I'm a little bit nitpicky. She is. But I think it's fun. So most beds I'm acquainted with, mm-hmm. uh, an adult human cannot get under it. Especially under my bed. Well, quiet you. You're also like tiny. Let's think about a Brian Blessed (laughs) situation. That is fair. I was about to say, even if a a fair number of adults could fit under a bed, that is a that's a broad man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. I did not. He's broader than the average man. I would say. (laughs) That's what they say about him. Yeah, (laughs) it's a common saying. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and let What's us that? not forget, he dropped the Narf Blaster. Oh. The debt must be paid. Ooh. Yes. He rolled poorly. Well, he rolled well enough to get away, but not without yeah. a little debt to be paid. Ooh, that rhymed kind of well. Somebody write that down. Look at me go. That was my 16 coming to get me. Thanks, good. <laughs> I really thought in that moment where he had that role where you have to get away from this monster. I thought he might use a luck point, and I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. that he didn't, but I also wonder mm-hmm. if maybe he didn't remember it. I was just going to say, I feel like he may not have remembered it, because as we know, jumping ahead, he does use one yeah. later after, after Travis. Exactly. Luckily, this thing doesn't look under the bed. We don't get a full-on, now you're face-to-face with this thing, and what do you even do after that? Right. Um, he right. does, he fiddles around in the room a bit, And we know that there's Mm -hmm. a person or something laying on this bed. And then there's apparently something in the corner, a a bathroom Travis would have us believe. But it's actually something that's (laughs) filled with some sort of orb. Many of them. This was hard for me to wrap my brain around visually. Me too. Twice. Both times listening. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, So here, who do we think is in this cocoon on the bed? After the monster leaves, we get a chance to... uh, to kind of take a look here, there's some there's some symbols written on their tum tum on this, <laughs> which I imagine are probably those magic symbols that are in Aubrey's book. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. They might be magic runes. Hmm, that is a good thought. I kept thinking it was going to be Barclay. Oh, and like because he's in Bigfoot mode, 
but didn't get him fully downloaded. So like, didn't get the look quite right. Like the same thing that Mike Lee happened to Danny, that this is what I'm taking over, but I'm not really getting it. Yeah. Interesting. I was thinking again, that it could be mama only because I still think that that's a good theory. It is so good. No, I like and, that and that could lot. still go hand in hand with this only getting part of Barclay's information. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If she only has, like, obviously she's seen Barclay, but then if this person is using her memories to try to build an image, it might not be that easy for them to build off of just somebody's thoughts. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many options. So many options. But I do wonder, again, with those symbols, um, if they are something that Aubrey could end up translating or writing down and taking to Janelle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then they're also written on these orbs that Ned goes to check out. Right. Or at least on the machine or whatever is happening here. The ball bag is what they call it. Which just makes me then think of, like, <laughs> a gym class. Like, okay, it's time oh, to play absolutely. fucking dodgeball, everybody. Yep. Stop Roll them all time. out. Um, And Griffin is very specific to tell us there are 118 orbs. Ooh, yeah. Good catch. Because Ned has enough time to count them, and there's 118, which I think Mm. is an interesting number. Does that mean two are gone? Does that mean they Mm. just love things that are divisible by three? Maybe. That's probably not even divisible by three. I'm bad at math. Let's do the math right now. Uh Uh-oh. Here comes the calculator. 118 divided by three. Nope. Son of a bitch. <laughs> there are a lot of threes in the answer, and all those are divisible by three, so I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, math is flexible. What like if that? I divide okay. it by three one more time? <laughs> you just keep doing that. <laughs> I'm going to get to a normal number. <laughs> Give me an integer. <laughs> but so you're right in that that's clearly an important number, be it in just... Maybe we'll come back later and there will be less or there will be more. Mm-hmm. We know there's going to be at least one less because Ned takes one. Right. And they, they have like the little orbs, like the orbies, whatever, inside. And he he says that they look kind of like a sea serpent. So Clint, I think, misinterpreted what that was when Griffin was asking like, hey, what what does it look like? He's like, oh, it looks like a sea serpent, which I loved. Um, yeah, but I think those right were like, you know, are the particles going towards each other? Are they making, you know, away from each other? See, I, I'm with Clint. I didn't get kind of what Griffin was asking. And then even after Clint answers and Griffin mm-hmm. says, you know, they're not ascension. They're not like choosing a form necessarily. And then it was like, oh, yeah. okay. So they are. Just moving in different patterns, I guess, or I think so. Like and like reacting to each other, like the other. I I took it as kind of a ma- magnetic force. Okay. Like if you okay. have magnetic pieces, are they coming together? Are they going apart? Are they going in a circle? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe kind of like what a solar system might look like. Beautiful or a galaxy, right? Yeah. That'd be pretty. Yeah. And they seem to be the energy that is feeding into the bag was the other thing. Oh, right. So maybe they're little batteries. Right. Ooh, yeah. that's a good call, too. Because, yeah, when he takes it, the red light goes on. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there, that's where that number comes in again, is that 
there was one 18, now there's one 17. And as soon as that other one was removed, at least not by whatever force is supposed to put them there or interfere with them. Oh, and it made a noise. Yeah. So it's like this whole alert system. So whatever this is, it's very precious and important. What if... What's up? Those are like the babies of whatever the light particle man is. Hmm. Those are the eggs. I Ned wonder... is someone's see, mother now. He's uh, he's going to have another kid. Billy's going to have a little brother or sister. I can't <laughs> wait to meet him. <laughs> um, what it made me think of was... And I tried to look this up and I couldn't... I don't know if I just wasn't Googling it correctly, but please... You will hopefully be able to help me with this. I think it's in the Never Ending Story 2, where he's got all the wishes or the memories. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know yes. what I'm talking about, though. And they're like crystal balls. And, and like he has to keep using them inside up. them. Because, no, no, no. What it was, was. Yeah. Every time he made a wish, that was he would right. lose a ball. He would okay. Lose a, okay. And then until he had none, he had no memories. Yeah. Exactly. So good. Thank you for. Um, uh huh reaffirming but so that's what his final wish was for her to have a heart and then she died right (laughs) i remember very little from that movie but that's it me too i remember him wasting so many wishes oh my god on those stupid steps yes i was like just wish wish for for a ladder genius (laughs) or that (laughs) god kid i I was like six watching this movie and being like why would you do that (laughs) we're very very better um into logic and we would survive Brittany. this is we true. would survive <laughs> and we would leave with at least some of our memories <laughs> left bastion <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so that's definitely what's in this bag um ned is going to be maybe this monster is using up wishes and it's forgetting or barclay is in the bed and every time barclay makes a wish his memory disappears i don't know or he makes a new monster Ooh, combine the two yikes barclay stop that (laughs) barclay is bastion all grown up oh my god at home making some monte cristos not even knowing what's happening (laughs) my poor boy that someone is masquerading around as him Oh, no. Well, we're going to get back to that here a little bit later in this episode. Okay, for good. sure. Don't you worry, everybody. Yeah, I got some I got some wonders and some theories about that. Oh, we're going to get to all of them. Also, I do just have to mention here, before we get too far away from the ball bag, uh, Justin's uh, <laughs> use of Seinfeld music and just little <laughs> sound effects here and there throughout the show really did spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Griffin okay. brought it on himself. Seinfeld rift. <laughs> that ruined me. Everything else was like, I could dig this, but that was, what's the deal? Bring do 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 do. Oh, asshole, I love it. It was so good. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Ned has baby snatched. Yeah, and is attempting to leave quietly, and it mm-hmm. does not work. No. He pulls a classic child trying to sneak down the stairs while mom and dad are asleep, and steps on the top step, and it makes a terrible groaning noise. That parent sits right up in bed, which it was. <gasps> That's it, because it's it's the Bigfoot. His baby is now missing. Oh. He bing, like head pops up. Don't That's like daddy. How I saw it mm-hmm. exactly. 
very it was very Scooby-Doo style in that like they step on it and then his head just like appears from around like and yeah now he's he's a coming and another cliffhanger Ned is the master of cliffhangers in this show oh my gosh definitely Mm -hmm. the winner so far as we hop over to our boy Duck and I do hop over wink wink uh, they addressed right away the concerns that we had brought up on our show regarding k- whether or not Zeke could see Duck and how much he was hiding mm-hmm. as he's sketching along. Because <laughs> I do know, as I remember us discussing it, is he in the rearview mirror? Oh, yes. Can you see the top of his right. helmet over the trunk? Hey, wait a minute. Is he pulling a Marty McFly? Oh my gosh, the helmet over the trunk. Man, we're so funny. <laughs> we're hilarious. You guys, our show is great. <laughs> but the idea that... Duck is so adrenaline hyped up yeah. that he skitches and just forgets that he's oh, oh shit was, like I've got I've got nothing. It was such a brilliant moment of incorporating Justin acting in the moment to be like hell yeah we gotta go with I have a skateboard I'm gonna sketch and translating that over into Duck forgetting his mortality essentially forgetting his heightened mortality mm-hmm. at least. It was a really clever way of doing that. I loved it. I also loved the fact that how many Bigfoots are there? Thank you. That is my very next note. Are there two of these things? At least? Is this like a Vincent Swole brother situation and there's three and they're not quite like... It's almost like, yeah, someone saw Vincent and is like, ah, but what if you look like this wise? And then I'll make three of them and shove them into the world. And that happened to Barclay. They're like, ah, but what if? And then, like, put the scars and make him scary looking. And now mm-hmm. go forth, my terrifying children, and wreak havoc upon Kepler. I don't, right? Like, I, I don't know. But it is what you have to wonder because if one of them is chasing... If there's a British comedy happening over in this hotel with Ned and this monster chasing <laughs> each other. <laughs> if that's happening with one of them, then he's not going back and forth through portals and also messing around oh, no. with Duck and Zeke. Who is this other person? And this does bring up the question of, are, is this all in the same time? Exactly. Yes. You guys. When? Where? How? So who? Good. And why? Who indeed? Who is the big, put a big <laughs> underline under who? Put that on the your. The biggest question mark you ever did write. Put it on your right monster next board next to your headshot of the Bigfoot, <laughs> which is just below your headshot of Beacon. To the side of the headshot of, oh shit, what was the other thing? Barclay definitely had a little tiny cappuccino cup in his picture. Decided. <laughs> It's just him looking like Aziz Ansari as Tom in that one picture where he's always got the cappuccino. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gosh, we are all about Parks and Rec this time around. I mean, we did just rewatch the entire thing before we started. That's true. (laughs) It's fresh in our minds. So So we've got, again, our our questionable number of Bigfoots. (laughs) Where the one they are chasing Mm -hmm. disappears from frame. Yeah. Zeke pauses. (laughs) He suddenly appears. Do you think he just like, whoop, whoop, like just whipped around and ran behind? Like, I'll get him this ways. I kind of imagined it's like Sheik in Super Smash Brothers and can just like, Mm -hmm. in one position and then you show up behind your enemy all of a sudden. You're like, haha, I'm behind you now. See, I never got very good at Sheik to do that on Mm. a whim. 
It just randomly happened. <laughs> so if you were this monster, you might end up further ahead. He'd be like, oh, damn it. And then he'd try again. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was what I imagined is so, he is like using whatever this portal I was technology say, kind of using is. his rift magic. Yeah. yeah. See, I, of course, did not go that way. I was like, he, did he ran think, real fast behind. He ran, like, over the, like, over the, the track for the... Ooh, no, but now I do. <laughs> because they went under the track for the funicular, that's the word, and then he suddenly wasn't on the other side. Right. And then he was suddenly behind right. them past the bridge. And this is where they went through, like, a dark space. Right. Maybe the they funicular. went through a rift. Ooh. Right. Well, okay, you know how tunnels have a light at the end. Yeah. So it's not, like, dark. Like, you can still see it. How Unless the road I... is, like, windy or if it has, like, high sides and they kind of lost sight of him. All we know is... Yeah. He's now behind them. He's now behind them. Jurassic Park. Yeah. And... <laughs> a la Sheik. Yeah. <laughs> a la Sheik, a la <laughs> Jurassic Park, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And Duck is uh, not about it. And now he he Skirt doesn't up. care who knows he's he, he's been. Uh, I want to call it skirting. That's not it. Skitching. Ooh, what if he was wearing just, a skirt? Like, to, I like it. He should be doing that nice and breezy. Yeah. And oh my gosh, Justin was killing it with the voice acting <laughs> and just the character play. And calling I everybody a narc. His brother Zeke. Oh my god, hilarious. <laughs> The thought of Duck Newton asking Zeke now who's in the narc is one of the funniest moments that's happened so far in the show. Just to imagine it. Because <laughs> you, you know Zeke would be like, what the hell? Before he's like, oh, I don't have time to even answer this. We gotta go. Right. Because he does well, now have a Bigfoot little... But appears in front of them again, right? Right. Because he's behind him. Duck scurries up like a little cat on top of the car. And he's like, go, 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 mm-hmm. narc. And then Zeke takes off. <laughs> Bigfoot chases them, loses ground, whoop, sheiks right back in front of him. And then that's when he slams on the brake. Duck comes a-tumbling down. <laughs> and that's when he has to take a minute. Because then the Bigfoot keeps running. I think he runs. Right. Yeah. He runs into the woods. And Zeke is like, we Right. He runs go. into the thick, thick part of the woods. That you yeah. can't take a car or a cruiser no. through there. No. It's not going to work. Zeke. Now, yeah. so I tried to listen to this a few times, and I still couldn't quite understand. Is Duck taking a hit from his inhaler or from his jewel? Wait, what jewel? His, like, like his vape pen. Oh. <laughs> I don't even... I thought, I thought it was an inhaler, which I, one, really like, and two, I actually wrote down, um, did Duck always need an inhaler? Is this a new development with his, like, new law in life? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. His new frail body life. Because it almost makes me feel like the power that Minerva gave him was almost like being bitten by the spider in Spider-Man or, or you know. Or a werewolf. Or, yeah, you, you, the things that, you know, everyday humans deal with, not everybody has asthma, but plenty of people do. So, like, maybe Duck always has, but this extra power kind of suppressed that. And now that he doesn't mm-hmm. have any more, I just thought that was an interesting idea if, like, maybe this was a newer development. I just genuinely couldn't tell if he said inhaler or some other <laughs> term for, like, a vape pen that I don't know. Just because I know those boys that love vaping They so love. Much. They at least love talking about vaping. That is for damn sure. <laughs> I believe it was an inhaler because that's what I had written down. But I could be wrong. Well, because have you seen the jewels? 
They're no. Tiny. That's why I didn't even know what you were talking about. I'm you know more about I'm very hip to the times. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to spell it because mm. it's not spelled the way you would want it to be spelled. Is it spelled J U with an umlaut L? Probably. Oh, two L's or sorry, two U's. Oh, okay. But so I have a um a nice. We're getting wildly off topic now. Just talk about this. Our jewel cast. Are you about to talk about jewels? <laughs> I am, just because this is how I learned about them. All right. Is I have a a nail file, a, a glass or crystal nail oh, file. Oh yeah, those are great. That is kept in a container. Yeah. Because otherwise it will break because it'll it's actually break. Quite fragile, but it is also the best Delicate. filer around. Yeah. And I bring it out, and someone's like, "Is that your jewel?" And I said, "My what?" <laughs> and they had to explain it to us, like. No, it's a nail file. They're like, oh. And I think they might have pulled out their pad. I was like, because mine was like, they look exactly the same. So That's probably so a lot of people see me bust that out in class. And we're like, oh, Miss Bailey, like, what are you whoa. doing? Like, my, I have a snaggy nail. Your kids are now the people asking it up. their friends, guess who vapes? <laughs> the answer is now Miss Bailey. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got such a reputation now. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was Vape Corner, everybody. Um, that's, Yay. so that's possibly what Duck was doing. I do believe it was an inhaler, though. Most likely. <laughs> so this is where, though, let's touch on this again, because he takes that hit, gets a breath, gets his feet <laughs> under him, and says, let's go fucking kill Bigfoot. And I just want to say, be real careful with that, Duck. Like, be yes, careful with you. what you're saying. Hang on, there's another Bigfoot mm-hmm. here we should be considering. Mm-hmm. Again, I deeply hope Barclay is just at home cooking whatever his favorite thing to cook I... might be and just taking a dip in the hot springs and just enjoying life and not even aware of how much his friends are fucking him over with this He's... whole mess. Here's the image for everybody. It's Barclay has just made himself up some um, little cookies to have with biscuits, you might call them. He's going to have them with oh. some tea. He's going to go have a nice soak. Gonna read his book, have some tea, have a biscuit or two. And in that scene where he's having soak, far in the distance, you see his friends digging around with this other Bigfoot. He is unaware of all of it. It's a lovely scene in the forefront. He's got his AirPods in, too. Exactly. Listening to a little bit of Toto. He's got... just enjoying his time. He's got a little bandana around his head tied in a bow. Real old-fashioned. It's very cute. Mm. And then in the background is just cartooned chaos that he is totally unaware of. That's the scene. And he's just blessing the rains down in Africa mm-hmm. with his book, with his mm. biscuits. All right, someone draw this for me, please. You got I it. I really, really need this to exist <laughs> in the world. Well, so let that be the last lovely memory we have as we go now to Dewey, who is <laughs> dying back at oh, gosh. the morgue. Which, I mean, so is the place to sad. do it. Sorry, I was going to say, I mean, at least he's close to where <laughs> he might end up. Poor it Dewey. got dark in here. <laughs> So, yeah, just Dewey's... like under a funicular tram, <laughs> things got dark. Dewey's in a real bad way. Aubrey wants to do big magic. Who? who? She's There's gonna two need of a big us. Cereal. I miss Anne. God, I do too. Who? Who amongst us? <laughs> amongst all two of us, <laughs> did not see the damage going to be that bad for two? Like we don't, we don't lose a lot of characters we love. Yeah. Yet in here, like we we lost a few in balance for sure. Yeah, 
when I just wasn't anticipating that. Like I even in you balance, get knocked down by a Bigfoot, you get back up again. It's just what you do. You're never gonna and keep you down. Ain't no one gonna break his stride. But <laughs> you know, and I think that this is how this whole scene went. You know, I I think we're we were all kind of in that mindset where you're like, he's hurt, but Aubrey's here. She does know healing magic, so that's what she wants to do in here. And I think not only us listening thought this. But I feel like Travis thought this too. Like, okay, now we fix mm-hmm. it. Yes. Which I love in that I think that's exactly how Aubrey would have seen it too. Yeah. I think she's that lovely and I, dare I say naive enough yeah. to think, but I've got magic now. I can, I can fix, fix this. this. Yeah, I absolutely. fixed Keith and he was a fuck. Mm-hmm. I actually like this guy. We got this. Yeah. And we got it with big magic, which we have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. Did you hear my bit earlier about Aubrey needing a big cereal, or should I say it again? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. It's okay. I didn't internalize that that's what was happening. (laughs) We were talking at the same time. I'll just say it again for everybody. Aubrey's going to do big magic. She's going to need a big cereal. (laughs) (laughs) For poor Nearly Dead Dewey, which is the sequel to Drop Dead Friend. (laughs) It's really goofy up in here for being so damn dark. Right. <laughs> Lots a of laughs. Moment. God, the goofs back and forth. <laughs> ah. So I appreciate her wanting to do, like, bring Megan into this. Um, she wasn't going to be any help. That's fine. She fainted. Forget it. Move on. Always keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, she fainted right back to Chicago. <laughs> so Aubrey... Here's the thing, Aubrey wanting to do this this big magic and Travis beefing the role. I'll say this, he he used another point of luck. Aubrey is now th- through half of her luck, but as far as they've said, it sounds like we're halfway through this story. So I think we're still okay. That's, yes, I say that I think he's actually right on the mark. Yeah. Because again, you don't want to pull a Kevin McAllister and have these sweet pair of rollerblades and then never wear them and then you grow out of them. And you just can't because you're too afraid to use them and scuff them up. Don't be afraid. Those looks are, are there for a reason. About? Use them. I am talking about Home Alone 2 when he's talking to the bird woman and he's oh, saying, yeah. I have this, yeah. My sisters are so in love with the Home Alone family films. Listen. They're so good. <laughs> they have life lessons about what to do about burglars, <laughs> about using what you got, about being nice to bird people. And being nice to salt men. And salt men. That creepy person down the road is probably a decent human. He's got dope boots. That's true. Gosh, we are never getting through this episode. Let's God, and again. This is what... <laughs> Anne really kept us on the straight and narrow. She She really does. All of our listeners are like, Jesus Christ, when is Anne coming back? I'm sorry. She went back to Chicago, everybody. that beautiful rule bit? Oh, no. She literally went back to Chicago. Our perfect sunflower. Our opalescent tree shark is, (laughs) she just went on back to Chicago. She did. Selling her wares, doing her do. Leaving us to jackass around on here. I'm telling you. This is when the mice get perms. (laughs) Don't worry, everybody. She'll be back for the next show. I promise. In the meantime, we will get through this. All right. Everyone hold hands. We can do this. We can do this. Just like 
Yeah. Aubrey thinks she can do a magical blood transfusion. We can all do and this. Scoop up the blood from the oh, ground and just put Aubrey. back in it. Well, luckily she wasn't oh. literally, like, I get the imagery Travis was going for, but yes, also I'm with Griffin. Gross. That sounds yeah. terrible. Like, that's been on the dirty ground. That's on the I'm dirty, dirty, dirty poop. That's been on the dirty ground. <laughs> I knew that's exactly where you were going. Ooh. This is where we kind of, we break away from her again because she starts going into this dark space with Dewey. Mm-hmm. And now that it's just in the zeitgeist, it's just in popular culture, I was like, oh no, it's the sunken place. Don't. No, 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 no. Scary. It is too scary. I don't want to think about it. Let's not. Let's go back to Ned. Oh no, also scary. Haunted, oh, haunted hotel. Oh, damn it. But now we've scooby doo it up a little bit, so that helps. You're absolutely right. It's just straight up Hanna-Barbera realness over here in this haunted mm-hmm. hotel. So Ned has got to get past the abomination that might be different from the one that's fooling around with Duck and Zeke, but it might be the same one. We don't know. We don't Ned know. Ned has to get past this abomination. So he he's doing his dive. Yeah, he totally jumped from the banister down. He is stunned. Which initially I was like, this is a bad move. But no, yeah, he stunts like a champ. Yeah. Lands on the desk. I assume like he's he's parkouring Mm -hmm. like the best of them. I have it written. He always jumps over the banister. Nice. Gets his narf blaster Mm -hmm. and is just chucking. Like, because now our confusing friend Bigfoot that's not Bigfoot yeah. is running up the stairs to get to him and again Hannah Barbara and like does his like a little head shake yeah yeah and now he's gotta go run the other he way he scrabbles so on the close. floor for a second he does that thing where his legs are moving but his animation cell is in the same place before he takes yes. up woo after him we need now we need um a little sound not a sound bar a sound <laughs> I'll try to find some sound, sound effects board. when I'm editing this <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I can do a lot. I can't do that one. That's good. Thank you. But so Ned makes it to the conference room. Yes. With all the riffs. Thank God. Ooh, and which seat do you take? Right? It's it's a choose-your-own-adventure situation. It really is. And he's got, like, less than a split second to decide. And you are running from the Yeti in this situation. Right? So we've got front office of the morgue, where he can see yeah, been the sheriff... Sheriff personnel still bopping around. We've got the hornet's nest yeah. where he had his dumpster slim jam time. Yeah. He already ate there. He doesn't want to eat there again. Mm-hmm. We've got a tall barbed wire fence. Mm. We've got a clearing by Amnesty Lodge where the archway is, which is, I think that would be a solid one to run to. Fair. And one that is glowing way brighter than the other ones, which is deemed a too scary. Yeah. I do wonder what would have been in that bright one. Mm-hmm. Because that was the this one that was where... almost totally closed, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. would he have to, like, pry it open, do you think? I don't know. That is, I think him choosing an open one, one that was clearly open that he could just get through was smart, because I wonder if mm-hmm. he would have lost time if he tried messing Probably. with one of them. And if he kind of knew that in the back of his mind that he might lose mm-hmm. time. I like this open-endedness, though, that uh, Griffin gives him. Like, you know, yeah, choose where do you yeah. want to go. and. He's like, you do not have a lot of time to figure this out. And when Clint it's just seconds. bops through it, again, Clint is so flippin' smart. Like, I love this dude. Mm-hmm. I, I want to riff off of him. Like, I want to learn from him how to be Absolutely. that quick. Is just, wow. As we can see right now, I'm having trouble with my words. We'll get there. But yeah, his decision, like, can't go to the morgue because that's where the sheriff is. Can't go to the hornet's nest because that's where the hornets are. We don't like them. Uh, yeah. Gonna go to the tall barbed wire fence, and yeah. 
So this is where he rolls and rolls a three. Right. And Clint uses his first luck of the game. Yes. And I'm glad he kind of had the inspiration from Travis, I'm guessing, to do so. Mm -hmm. Even if it just like put it back into his mind that like, oh, that's an option. I can make this roll happen. Exactly. And it was worth it. It was so worth it. And I think it was worth it in a couple ways. Three ways, to be exact. Tell us. So, one, he makes it. He's going to make it. He gets through the rift. Two, he gets the chance to turn around and blast the son of a bitch with his Narf Blaster, which is such a badass move because he doesn't want to be followed. And three, he's so close to being caught that he needed to use a luck. The Bigfoot got his scarf. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And so... This now opens up the idea that the next time we see Bigfoot, he is wearing Ned's scarf. <laughs> you're totally Please right. Please thank I you. I didn't even think of that. Oh my God, you're totally right. And he did, he got hurt too. The, the Bigfoot mm-hmm. got a claw on his leg. So he would have taken certainly more damage. Oh, sure, sure. And I found it interesting mm. that the Narf Blaster seemed to hurt him less than Snitch did. Mm. You're right. I hadn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the, it might be like. He takes uh, piercing damage worse than bludgeoning damage. I don't know. Maybe. Because what was the deal? What is Nerf, Blast Bla- Nerf Blasters? I don't I couldn't remember, remember what it's and, property. And damn it. Oh, shoot. She knows. <laughs> and our beautiful, naive, sophisticated newborn baby. <laughs> Somewhere in Chicago just went, they need me. Eh. Or she just said what it is out of nowhere. She's in the middle of talking to a client. (laughs) She just knows. Okay, so we don't remember what the properties are. Anne knows. We'll find out next time. (laughs) But so he ends up choosing the space with the barbed wire. Mm -hmm. Which did you know, like when they were describing it, were you already like, that's got to be the telescope? Oh, I had no flipping idea. Oh, really? I don't know why I've suddenly decided I'm not cursing. I had no clue. That's okay. Let's do it. I'll watch my mouth, too. That's because <laughs> when they were going through all the portals, I know it'll be tough, but we'll do it. Um, or When he was, like, describing each of them, he did the barbed wire, which, one, made me think of that space in uh, Stranger Things. Mm. But, two, I did remember them being, like, part of the woods. They couldn't, like, there right. was the, the, the gate with the barbed wire. Now, you said Stranger Things and gay. I think now we need to talk about that. <laughs> we will start our Stranger Things podcast after. Okay. But no, I, I really, I had no idea where that was going to be. Well, that's exciting. So then was that a very cool reveal for you when that was like, you're in front of it now? Yes. Yes. I do believe my reaction was <gasps> like kind of like a fun <laughs> gasp. Like, oh, good. You chose. He either chose really well or or really really poorly. poorly. Let's find out. I'm telling you, Ned, always with these these really good cliffhangers. He does. He does bring the cliffhangers, doesn't he? Every time. Even in the middle of the show, he did. And now we're here. We're left with one again. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's just because of Clint's natural showmanship and uh, love for the dramatics? Or is it a Ned thing? I feel like both, maybe. And I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a Griffin master storyteller kind of thing. Mm. I think this is where this entire episode actually got really interesting is because they've all separated. Yes. And I don't know if any of them planned this. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have seen this coming. That's for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if none of them did either. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that really amps it up and gives us Ned being on his own and being the one with the monster I think gives us the most uh, cliffhanger potential here. 
Yes. He really opened himself up for it. So, but like you said, this is either really good, it'll be great for the story regardless, uh, but it could be very bad for Ned because if nothing else, you are now inside of a gate or of a fenced in area that has barbed wire. I don't know how you get out of there Mm -hmm. besides going back through that portal. Right. Or going up to the door and sheepishly knocking and being like, hi, (laughs) I I can't tell you how I got in here, but I would like to get out, please. Pardon me. Please let me in. Hat in hand. (laughs) Listen, mistakes were made. No scarf, though. Not quite as dapper gentleman as he was at the start. Oh, I'm so, I forgot all about the scarf. Oh, I got you. I'm nervous about that scarf. That was a fine scarf. Mm -hmm. He's going to get his stank all over it. They just said to stank. It, they they totally address it. I think in this very next uh, this very next segment where they establish we open to Bigfoot stank with Duck Bigfoot and Zeke stank. Yeah, Zeke smells great. He smells like a man. Sandalwood and leather, which is also what I was guessing as soon as they asked it. Was he smell like? I was like sandalwood for sure. <laughs> That's a given. The leather makes sense. He's probably wearing a leather jacket. One can hope. <laughs> you know who's most definitely wearing a leather jacket? Oh, I know who's most definitely wearing a leather jacket. Uh, Hollis. You guys, Hollis is here. Oh my gosh. I do hope they like did a little pop the champagne situation because Hollis shows up. Like, we've been waiting. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Sighs of relief were heaved. Probably from Zeke because he knows he's <laughs> out a little duck now. Like, oh, thank God. Listen. <laughs> Somebody showed up, and they know how to wield a club made of rebar. So, like, good news. Hollis, my champion. (laughs) So, everybody's always so good. There's some really great acting going on in this episode. And Griffin is bringing it, especially when he's playing Hollis in this moment. And being so kind of just like, Duck, will you level with me? Like, will you stop Uh jerking me around? I know what's happening. (laughs) Stop it. I just appreciated the energy he brought to the role in that moment. When I appreciate Justin slash Duck playing back and just being like, let me catch you up. Okay, I got this. This (laughs) is what's going on. Oh, yeah. There's a Bigfoot. Which, again, dangerous. Duck, we gotta listen. (laughs) This is where the cartoon, it's all happening in the background. Barclay's (laughs) fine. Absolutely what's happening behind Barclay. Hollis shows up. You could just see a lot of talking, arms waving, pointing at things. And yeah, just Barclay in the forefront. <laughs> head Absolutely. nodding back and forth. Just in the zone with his tunes and his tea. His and his biscuits. Uh, and so as they're all hand waving and catching up, uh, the Bigfoot leaps seemingly out of nowhere from the boughs of the trees. And we get a real hot moment from Duck. Listen, boy might not be nearly immortal anymore, but he's still got it. This mm-hmm. one motion, unsheathing beacon and slicing at this abomination with it. Mwah. Nice. I'm trying to whistle. It is not working well. It is a very dry and barrow. I got you. Thank you. No, it's just <laughs> such a quality move. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Also, I have got a sword. My belt is a sword. And I can talk. And like, oh, uh, my gosh. Beacon is fine, Justin. you guys. That was my first response to the fact of Beacon talking. It was like, oh, good. He's speaking. I, I we'll all recall I was very concerned about him in our last episode right. together. So, I'm so glad that a lot of our question, a lot, like three. But, but like, genuine questions we had last episode have been brought up we're very good and at this this was for sure a big one 
that we were concerned yes. about. And so, yes, very happy to find out that Beacon is as Beacon does. He is still a talking sword. He still won't take no shit from no one. Put a little green He's... plus sign next to your you. um, next to your headshot of Beacon on your monster Thank board, everybody. You. <laughs> he's okay. He's probably still a little rough for wear, but <laughs> he's got it. He's he's all right. He's here. He's with us. He and Duck gets the shot in, and Hollis wastes no time. They're in there, mm-hmm. just in there with their club. Here comes Zeke. He's firing off some rounds. Uh, I think this imposter Bigfoot superpower is that it's totally used to getting wailed on. Is what I'm taking away from <laughs> this. Because then it's just kind of like, oh shit, and it gets up and starts trying to get away. Which I was kind of surprised that it was able to get some distance. Mm-hmm. It sounded like they were right on it. These Bigfoots are are tricksy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know this one in particular. And it gets even worse. Maybe they all have special abilities, and this one this is one's... yeah, very particularly <laughs> good at getting wailed on. Yeah, and good at like pulling. He played Super Smash Brothers, and he main chic for sure. Yeah, because he yeah. knows that move. A to a T. If he's really feeling flourishy, he'll do the Zelda version where he like whoop, spins in the air and like reappears spinning in the air wherever like else they feel like it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just let a little put a little flourish on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this one does get far enough away that they lose it, but they were headed toward the gate. We come to the yes. clearing with the gate in it. And Zeke and Hollis aren't reacting to it, as far as we can tell. Uh, but Duck knows that it's right there. He can see it. Yeah. And then things get somehow the creepiest that they've been in this entire episode. Please paint me a, a word picture. I'll take you there. Picture it, everybody. Thank you. Zeke and Hollis, they're they're so close. They wanna they wanna bridge this gap. We just had this thing. We gotta stop it. It's terrorizing our town. It just hurt Zeke's dude. It took out one of Hollis's people, some of Hollis's people. Enough. They're looking around. They can't see the gate. Duck is just kind of looking. He's watching these two. He's looking around the clearing. And he's looking back further into the woods. And then he sees it just standing there watching them. (sighs) The worst. The worst. So many really good, scary moments. Now, you know me. I do. And what is my greatest fear in in seeing things? Seeing things smiling at you from like the darkness. Yes, gosh. Yeah. Even you saying it, it smiles. I got the chills. I do not want to turn around. Don't. In any capacity, I'm going to live the rest of my life facing this tiny cubby <laughs> because it's the scariest goddamn thing seeing a face where you shouldn't see a face. And if that face is smiling and watching you, no, I'm done. I'm out. Please and thank you. I will never be in this earth again. Goodbye. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't fly away just yet. We still need you here. I can't, you just leave. I close out the show by myself. Um, The cat's here. It'll be fine. Oh, wait, no, the cat's gone. (laughs) Where'd the cat go? Uh Uh-oh. He wasn't I was about to say something mean and scary. (laughs) Here, I can make. (laughs) Derek. This whole scene really is so unnerving because Duck notices it just watching them. And this thing hasn't noticed Duck noticing yet. Mm-hmm. And as Duck's looking at it, the description Griffin gives is that it looks frustrated and confused. 
And then when it does notice Duck noticing, it smiles at him and leaves. Mm -hmm. So steps backward and disappears into these rifts, into these whatever they are, into the weeds. And so I guess my question is, like, if this is all an act, which is what this little scene kind of suggests, then who's directing it? Mm -hmm. And then I guess in that same sense, what reason do they have to whip these people into a frenzy? Were they Mm -hmm. just trying to get them to the gate? And to what purpose? Is something about to come out of it? I don't know. Does somebody else want them close enough? Does somebody in Sylvain want them close enough? Maybe he's just trying to play matchmaker and really wanted this (gasps) three to get to. They're his OT3. OMG. Duck, Hollis, and Zeke. So that's him smiling. Like, it worked. He finally, this, oh my gosh, this was a devious, nefarious plan. He had to get Ned away from Duck. Because he's like, I see where this story is going. I'm going to break these two up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get these three together. So yeah, dive bomb Ned into the abyss, into Mm -hmm. the no-tell motel amnesty. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, you got Duck Skitchen. Oh, the Bigfoot loved that. And you got Hollis. You know Hollis is going to show up. Oh my goodness. I do wonder what happened to, like, where was Hollis specifically before they were like... I, I see what's happening. I'm on it. I'm on my way. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, were they just in town? Do they have a police scanner? Did Zeke at any point ah. do that? Call for backup or anything? Yeah. I don't know. You gotta think, without without cell phones, they all probably have VHF radios. Mm. I'm not even joking. This is probably a true thing. I would believe you. You know more about areas that are a little more off the, off the beaten path than mm-hmm. I do. That's how you do Hopefully we find out. I just was curious. It's like, ooh, Hollis, I'm glad you're here if you're really Hollis. Ooh. But also, how did you know? Oh. Right? Always have to remember. Ah. Constant vigilance. That might not be Hollis. This, this, this doppelganger situation. Never trust anybody. The scrolls are about. We don't know what's going on. We do not know. And we're not even done yet because we oh still got to go back and check in on Aubrey. This was just a constant... <laughs> I'm constant roller coaster of emotion. I'm so scared. Ooh. I'm so sad. I'm so scared. I'm so worried. <laughs> we'll get through this. We'll get through this. And so we cut back to Aubrey, who is not in the sunken place, but she's in some place kind of ethereal, some other plane, it seems like. Some mm-hmm. someplace neither here nor there. Perhaps she's in an orb mm. that Ned picked up. Ooh, that sounds fun. Wouldn't that be funny oh, if he yeah. looked in and like teeny tiny Aubrey's in it? Oh, oh, he's like, oh, keep. He shakes it because that's what you do. So, oh. She's like, ah. Oh. I know. I absolutely. If I saw a tiny version of my friend in a in a ball, I'd be like, oh my god, try to shake it. Did you feel that? Did you feel like? It? Can you see? Can you see me? <laughs> <laughs> I am unto a god to you. Um, <laughs> But so then there's this other person there that Griffin keeps saying looks like they could be related to her, which makes Mm -hmm. me think they might be related to her. (laughs) And are like, are they Sylvanian? Or is it like her mom? Is it somebody who's related to her mom? I don't know. But they are also overdue and essentially trying to help him, you would Mm -hmm. think. That's for sure how I saw it. That it was, it was essentially what Aubrey would have like to have Megan helping with, but obviously Megan yeah. one is not magic, and two yeah. fainted dead away when she saw that Aubrey was so exactly a useless. <laughs> but now we've got 
yeah, this magic. And Aubrey asks, like, are you magic? Like, are you my magic, essentially? And it seems that yes. That's where I was getting a little confused with this. Because obviously she's trying to ask this person direct questions. And she's sort of getting answers, but even then only very briefly. And then Mm -hmm. the person is just focused on Dewey, which is fair. He's real messed up. Yes. Well... We know a few things. Yeah. We know the figure has bright orange glowing eyes. Right. Probably very akin to Aubrey's one. Yeah. Glowing orange eye. Wink. She winks with it. <laughs> wink, wink. Both of them blink. Shoot. Um, <laughs> what? Do, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take very long. We just know that the, she or it, they, let's go with they, they're concentrating yeah. very hard and Aubrey's I don't think Aubrey's trying doing much. Help. Aubrey's trying to help, but doesn't know how. And so, like, do we chant? Right. The, do the we... figure takes her hand, right, and, like, adds her hand to Dewey as well. So they've both got hands on Dewey. Aubrey doesn't know, right, All if hands on Dewey or not. All hands on Dewey. It's the sequel to Nearly Dead Dewey. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the third in the in the set. And <laughs> the final that the person trilogy. doesn't... <laughs> the person doesn't really even answer her when it comes to how do we do this they're just kind of focusing which i took it as kind of then like aubrey thought to then focus up to and also try to channel her magic mm-hmm. because again it's not long like nothing i feel like nothing really happens there before she wakes up right and she's just back in the sheriff station or yeah aubrey wakes up in a locked cell and this is where it gets real sad she sees dewey Laying very still on the floor, covered up with a cloth. Yeah. And that is a terrible sign. If you've ever watched yeah. any crime procedurals or really literally anything on the TV ever. It's not good. A cloth over a still body. It does not mean it's, they're taking a nap. Yeah, it sends a pretty clear message. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I kind of I kind of wish uh, Trad had played this a little more seriously i get Mm -hmm. that it's not in aubrey's nature so much but even just being a little kind of like dewey dewey are you okay dewey wake up i feel like would have been do you you think i i agree a hundred percent however do you think it was because travis really thought that he was fine i don't know but dewey would rise up maybe i mean that's what you kind of gotta think like i i think had it been more because again to this point we've lost loose animal and that's mm-hmm. you know it's sad but we were not friends with him and right he used big magic or she she used big magic she did everything she was supposed to there's yeah. this magic self that she's seeing that is helping so she probably wakes up and thinks oh it's gonna be fun it works and I think yeah. Travis would probably have that same thought because thus far, it pretty much has been. That's fair. I could see that being the case, yeah. So I did. I laughed quite a bit with his or uh, her reaction <laughs> to trying to do it, do it. Rise up. Mm-hmm. Rise. But of course he and doesn't. He does not. No. So this is where the so, keys like jingle and they start heading toward her? Yes. And they're surrounded by a fog. Mm, yeah. And... And they go into the lock uh, to the cell that Aubrey's in and turn and you hear the click of the unlock and then the fog forms into the shape 
of Dewey. Oh. And we must know that Dewey is a, a g- 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 ghost. He's a good g- 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 ghost. But he's he's half corporeal. Like he's moving the keys around. That's pretty cool. Right. I'm wondering almost if this is where like the merging happened between like Aubrey tried big magic. She wasn't skilled enough for it but this mm-hmm. is the part way point that was it wasn't enough okay yeah mm-hmm. like it wasn't enough to bring him back to life or to essentially grab him back from being so close to death right but it was just enough to keep him here i don't know i'm wondering yeah if it's almost because that's that's what i was thinking it was kind of like uh a moira situation now almost akin to like they couldn't save him they couldn't save his life but they could almost play it as though he had died in sylvain and so now he gets to play interesting ghost and do his final acts and figure things out i like it yeah i think we're on to something here i can't wait for dewey and moira to get up to ghost shenanigans Oh my gosh. And they're going to be snacking on some uh, ghost cashews from oh, Parsons Cashew Company yeah. while they're while they're hanging out together. I, I genuinely I can't hope even wait. all of this happens. It's gonna. In my fan fiction it will. <laughs> I can't even wait to read it. This is where I, we plug your fanfiction oh, right. or your right. AO3 name. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know except for the people that already know. <laughs> Shh, wink. But that's that's how we end it. A few. That's how we end it. We've got. Hold on. Let's figure this all out exactly. We've got Ned. Okay. In the barbed yeah. wire, Green Bank telescope area, stuck mm-hmm. with the monster chasing him. We've Oof. got Duck getting like winky side eye from a monster before he backs away mm-hmm. with his two new his two new uh, bows. Beef Love fries. interests. Love interests. Yeah honeypots we'll find out (laughs) and now we've got aubrey with her new best ghost friend dewey man who thankfully i think he knows like he knows she did everything she could to help him yeah or does he not know he's dead is he pulling a six that would be so sad Mm -hmm. Also, spoiler alert for the sixth. Oh shit! Well, (laughs) if you're if you haven't seen that movie the 15 years it's existed or however long (laughs) Haley like Joel Osment is so old now. Haley <laughs> Joel Osment is a grown man with like a company now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's not that last one. Hopefully he's not gonna have a rude awakening about his no, current situation. Not. I like to think I don't know. Maybe ghosts don't hang on to stuff, and he's just like, you know what? Let's do it. This is the time I've got. These are the powers I've got. Let's let's do some good with it. I hope so. But first, let's watch all of Netflix. Netflix marathon. Okay, is there anything we forgot to mention that we want to bring up now? I don't think so. Uh, the thing that we skimmed over that I had noted was that when we cut back to duck and zeke after ned makes the leap to the radio telescope uh griffin takes a moment to ask justin how duck feels and i really i liked that um the fact that duck is trying to lure zeke away and be like Mm -hmm. we can run like we can turn and leave because zeke asks you know how do we fight this thing you've actually 
confronted it. What do we do here? And I liked that moment of being, of kind of getting some more insight to Duck's current mindset and the fact that Justin, as the player, has to wrestle with the fact that he used to get to play this reluctant hero and now he's playing this hero who doesn't have his powers anymore and has to figure out how to deal with that. And I, I like getting both sides of this one coin of a character and he's a beautiful <laughs> glistening coin he's just so lovely um but i appreciate those moments where we kind of check in with with how how they would be thinking or what what mm-hmm. their thought process is and that yeah it makes total sense to me that even just duck as a person might be like my friends and i who are used to dealing with this stuff run into this stuff i don't necessarily want to bring zeke into it yeah i, I just yeah it made a lot of sense to me i liked it Yeah, I liked how throughout that whole part, you could tell that Duck's primary focus was not attack the Bigfoot, but was keep these fools safe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're all mortal here, he announces very loudly. (laughs) All of us are just doing our best. I want to start just shouting that. Listen, we're all mortal here. Just try to sound like you're really trying to convince yourself as much as you're trying to inform everybody else. (laughs) I've noticed that when I'll be like, you know, like us humans, and I'll just say things like that. People are like, give me that side Like people who live, what, 80 years? That's us. (laughs) We've only got so much time on this earth. (laughs) I'm only guaranteed 50-some more years. Come on. Let's spend it the way we want. Let's not chase this idiot into the woods. Let's go. Let's have a picnic. Pizza. Pizza. It's beautiful out. Oh, Billy. Where's Billy? That's my my wish for the next episode. (laughs) Ah, romantic. I love it. They're they're in the forefront of Barclay in the (laughs) tub. That's another scene. Yeah. (laughs) Just anything you can imagine. Picture somebody having a serene moment in the forefront. And then just absolute bullshittery (laughs) going on. So distantly behind them. This is now the new headcanon. Yeah. Barclay was making a tea party for Kirby and Billy. Oh, I love it. That they could have in a picnic outside. And then he is soaking in the tub, listening to Toto. And then fools in the background. Yeah. Arguing about. That's how the episode plays what, out. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And we're done. Mm-hmm. Hey, we did it. We did it. We made it to the end. And that means we got to check the polls, everybody. Last time, we wanted to know what you do so well that you could achieve godhood. And the winner, by a lot, with 52% of the votes, was Marathoning Netflix. We're all champions. <laughs> That's where you can truly shine. Look at look upon this, just this vast amount of godlyhood. Uh, we also have Rebel, who is the god of playing D&D. Martha is the god of procrastinating. And Ishmael is the god of making teeny tiny books that are so Ooh. lovely. I mean, true facts on that one. Defo. Right? Thank you, everybody, always, for voting and for responding. Uh, And as we realized in this episode, we apparently love a good movie sequel. (laughs) So this week, we want you to choose your favorite from a list of classics. And that poll will be up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. And we just want to remind everyone, uh, during this 2019 Max Fun Drive, that we will also be doing a bonus episode for the Adventure Zone Honey Heist, <laughs> coming to you later this week. So, if you're not a subscribing member of Max Fun yet, you've got some time. And as always, we will meet back up with you in two weeks for more Amnesty. 
Thanks so much for joining us in this sisters episode. I'm Nell Bailey. And I'm Brittany Bailey. And we've been Romancing the Zone.